<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. Finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck. It looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to From Beyond the Crypt, a cryptids, creepypasta, and other urban legends podcast. I am your host, Kyle. And I am Tedzo Hasashi. And this is our final episode of 2021. That Ah. is right. (laughs) We can say goodbye to another fucking shitty year. Let's go, boys. Exactly. It it, it wasn't as bad as 2020, but... Listen, 2021 was... 22 electric boogaloo (laughs) yeah basically yeah it was like the sequel that nobody fucking wanted but shitty republicans keep us there you know exactly and and all the people who were smart at the beginning of the pandemic now going oh well now it's okay to go outside and then getting covid themselves yeah (laughs) wear your masks people please exactly it's not that fucking hard get vaccinated i'm triple vaxxed up baby me too. I'm gonna start collecting on like fucking infinity stones, and I'm be unstoppable. Yeah. Well, technically, well, I mean, technically now we're considered fully vaxxed since we have all three. Yeah. Because that changed. I guarantee. I guarantee you that this is gonna become like a yearly shot, like the fucking flu, and it's just because oh fucking dumbasses won't fucking you know do the right thing. Yep. I agree. But, uh, yeah, this is our last episode of 2021. Rant uh, aside. <laughs> we are, uh, you know, knocking out the... We started this podcast in June. June That's 8th. right, my fucking birthday. I completely yeah. forgot a whole fucking about that. To be fair, yeah, on Teddy's birthday. So we're, we dropped our first episode then. So this is our, you know... It's been a fun few months. We've been... We've done uh, cryptids, uh, which we, we'll, we'll, we'll start back next month with more cryptids a to z yeah we're gonna get back to that we just wanted to do uh a bunch of creepypastas for the holidays because yeah, it's been fun doing that's when everybody get wants to get cozy and warm together because in places not named fucking florida it's actually cold outside right now <laughs> or alabama because it is 70 something degrees right now oh wow 70 something it was yeah. fucking 80 today and i'm not talking about like 80 and it feels like 80 i mean like 80 and it feels like 100 yeah florida is constantly trying to kill us because it was like 75 yesterday on christmas because we're recording the day after christmas and i was just like 75 on christmas what the hell is this yeah man i remember back in the day when christmas would be like 60 degrees outside and like 
me and my brother would go outside and throw the football, and when it would hit your hands, it would sting slightly because your hands were numb. But, like, fuck, dude, these last fucking Christmases, I swear to God, I thought I was fucking, like, further close, or not further, but closer, rather, to the equator than we actually are in Florida. Yeah. Dear God, man, it was fucking unbearable yesterday when I went outside. But yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, you know, I guess for you, uh, you know, once again, we we're, we have two uh, holiday themed creepy pastas. But before that, uh, you know, since yesterday was the holiday, was if you're you know if you celebrate it, yesterday was Christmas. Uh, it's just been you know it's been the holiday week. Let's uh. uh How'd you do for the holidays, Teddy? Well, um, I actually technically did not celebrate Christmas this year. What I actually celebrated was Yule. Uh, Our friend Kat, Cece and I's friend Kat. um, My friend too. How dare you? (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm explaining it to the the viewers, but yes, Kyle's friend too. Um, To the viewers, like they're watching us. Uh, to the listeners, um, but Cat Cat's a, a friend of ours, and she's the kind of person who you know, like, is I don't know. She's very she's very loving, and like likes to take care of her friends and stuff like that, which is nice. So basically, what she did was, uh, since we've been kind of struggling uh, with my health issues and whatnot. Uh, she cooked us this really, really, really nice meal, uh, and, you know, it was me, her, Will, Cece, um, and our friend Chelsea. Um, we all hung out, we all laughed for fucking hours. Cece thought she was getting a six-pack for how much she was fucking laughing. Um, but it was, it was really good. Also, uh, Cece got me, uh, the Beyblade that I've been, like, fucking whining about for the last fucking few weeks, so... That was also dope. What about you? Uh, I I did my usual. Uh, I I went down to my I went down to my sister's after work the night before. Uh, stayed with her. Uh, I always sleep with. Uh, always sleep downstairs in the uh, bottom in a room with the bunk beds with my uh, with my nephew and my niece. Uh, uh, slept in the top bunk. And he, uh, uh, my nephew slept in this little cot off the side, and I slept in the bottom bunk because that, that that was like sleeping, uh, sleeping on me. Because uh, bro, how the fuck do you still sleep. fit on a bunk bed? I don't like. Know. I stopped I being know. able to fit into a bunk bed when I was like twelve. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I and I slept on there, and then uh, we watched a Christmas movie. So uh, I brought Jingle All the Way down because uh, they haven't seen Jingle All the Way since I, I, I let them watch that, and and then they went to they fell asleep in the middle of it. So after that, I was still oh. I was still sort of awake. So I put in uh, Edward Scissorhands and fell asleep. And, oh my god. Uh, because it's a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas time. Listen uh, here. Listen here. Miss me with that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Hey, Edward Scissorhands literally has Christmas. It's a whole, there's a whole Christmas scene and everything. <laughs> listen, but, uh, listen, listen. You don't have to explain it. I've heard enough of arguments about Die Hard to just go, okay, sure, it's a Christmas movie. If it snows, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> 
but yeah, we uh we watched that and yeah, then I you know, we woke up the next morning, opened some presents up and then uh I helped my nephew set uh set up his uh his Xbox One S and uh, th- then my parents had to leave. Uh, uh, my parents unfortunately had to leave early, so I didn't get to spend too much time with them because my dad recently had a double uh, knee replacement surgery. Oof! So he's yeah, so he's not really up to just. Uh, he's he's basically just been sleeping a lot, and he he, he can't really walk around much. So Oof. shout yeah. out to Kyle's father for that because <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've got arthritis and my kneecap dislocates when I take a step and I'm just begging for them to lob my fucking knees off. Um, but like, yeah, I remember it. I couldn't imagine like actually not being able to like walk due to having like a surgery on it. uh, I I remember, I remember that whenever I was down there in, in September, you were, uh, you were asking people if, uh, if they could uh, give you their leg or something like that. <laughs> oh no, the the fucking the the scare actors at yeah. fucking HHN would like fucking like if they had like a limb that was like a leg, they would see me in my yeah. ECV and they'd be like, "Hey, do you want a working leg?" <laughs> like, sure, you got to take this one off first, the not working one. <laughs> it's okay. Give me a give me just like three bottles of Jägermeister, and then you know you'll be good. No, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> I'll uh, be so drunk I wouldn't even know if you took off my knee or not. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it was just it was nice seeing the family and stuff. I said that's good. I mean, I on Christmas, but uh, I'm hoping Christmas Day itself. I pretty much all I did was fucking work, <laughs> yeah. and nobody chatted in to get their fucking shit fixed. So I just literally played Final Fantasy all day. <laughs> nice. I'm definitely uh, looking forward to next next year i definitely want to celebrate uh yule with the with everybody no i mean yeah we're also gonna do friendsgiving remember yeah friendsgiving yep we'll do that uh I'd, we're gonna get together for the holidays as friends always yeah i told yeah like what well, we have ideas for friendsgiving uh celebrate yule i even told cc uh uh Halloween so, parties. They may have to do Halloween parties, but, uh, uh, maybe even Christmas party, uh, okay, or like you know some sort of holiday party where we do like a, a sort of like Secret Santa, but like uh, call it something else, like Undercover Krampus or something like that. Oh my God! <laughs> we'll call it Secret Yule Log. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we yeah. just hand each other like Yule logs that have like crazy shit made into them. Yeah, because like <laughs> you know. For those listening, you know, this is our last episode of 2021, and you know, with coming up, uh, coming up New Year, 2020, next month, baby, yeah, next less month. than a month. Yeah, 2022 is the year that I officially move in with CC and Teddy. And oh, you're talking about moving in? I yeah. thought you were talking about coming to see us the oh, first well, scream. Well, yes, I'm coming to see y'all in January as well. But 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 yeah, something we've talked about for over a year. <laughs> Yes, sir. Hashtag team move Kyle to Orlando is hashtag complete. Yeah, well, well, almost, almost. No, no. When I when I say when I say complete, I mean the 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 complete (laughs) convincing you move move to Orlando. Like we're past the convincing stage. Convincing. It was more like of, hey, you guys, you should do this. Like, oh wait, are are y'all being serious? Like, yeah, it's like. If you are being serious, I'll seriously look into this and then visiting Orlando for like one weekend. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> He's like, fuck Alabama. <laughs> like, it's like, fuck the place I've grew up with all my life and all my family and stuff. Hey, listen, 
it'd be like that. I am exactly that way with Tampa. Like, not to give away my fucking location and oh, dox myself, but um, I talk about fucking Disney all the time, so I'm sure they've fucking triangled my fucking location by yeah. now. Um, California. <laughs> yeah, di- 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 Disney World. Disney World in California. Um, I forgot what I was fucking saying. Uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting moving you back in, though. Or, like, moving you in. Because yeah. CC and I have been comfortable living by ourselves for a hot minute. Yeah. So, like, there is some behaviors that we're going to have to, like, retrain ourselves for. But, like, I mean. Please, I've. As, as long as you're, like, respectful and we're respectful, then, you know, we should be fine. Oh, I'm sure we'll be fine. It'll be more than fine. Be like- Just gotta worry about breaking up the fucking kids, because I feel like fucking... Oh, Finn didn't do it this time, but fucking Finn last time was boxing the shit out of fucking Lucky, and Lucky did not like it. This time, fucking Lucky was fucking with Finn. Because, you know, Finn's obsessed with, like, fucking, like, dolls, right? Yeah. And, like, stuffed animals and shit like that. Well, Cat brought Lucky uh, with them when they came over for Yule. And uh, they um, they brought, like, a stuffed animal to, like, distract him. So, like, you know, Cat was cooking and, like, you know, he gets kind of anxious if he can't, like, you know, be around Cat, I guess. Uh, so she brought a stuffed animal to, like, kind of keep him, like distracted and finn does not understand that not every toy is his and he kept trying to take it from lucky and lucky was just fucking goddamn going off on him he was like full growl he's like you fuck with my shit i'm gonna mess you up (laughs) he he was not having it so like i i hope he's not that way with gunner because gunner's a smaller dog like lucky's like his size so like, I hopefully he won't beat Gunner up because that that will be annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be. You should also be looking forward to helping me move out all, all the Gundam model kit boxes out of what's gonna be your closet. <laughs> I have so many of them in there. I know. I, I saw them last time. I was like, ooh. Yeah, I well, I mean, there there's more in there because I also. Uh, I also put like one of my uh, two of my Digimon ones in there now. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting getting that room set up. I mean, you got a free desk in there and a free dresser. That's very true. Very true. Looking forward to it. But yeah, uh, but you know, besides that, yeah, I am uh, coming back in January in next month to watch Scream and spend the weekend with my favorites. Fuck yeah, dude. And and Angie's gonna be there, gonna which be is there. gonna be dope. And Angie's boyfriend's apparently mm-hmm. coming. And, uh, and for those uh, listening, Angie is the person who created our artwork. And yes, Lido. so yeah, yes, we, we get to hang she, out with our artists. She she did amazing work, and she's amazingly cute and bubbly, and I think she's great. Angie is the best, and she loves Digimon. So like, you should better. Like, definitely support her because, you know, not many people out there are Digimon fans and you should support them at all costs. Like me. Yes, support Teddy. And Angie, dummy. And Angie, yes. <laughs> The point was support Angie, not support me. I was just saying I was a Digimon fan. 
Oh god. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's it's gonna be a fun fun year. We're looking forward to it. Hell yeah, man. But uh let's uh go ahead and close out wrap a bow in twenty twenty one with uh these last two holiday themed creepypastas and we got some interesting ones tonight for sure. Yes. So I since I'm going to be reading my story uh, first this time, uh, I do want to give a bit of a trigger warning. Um, my story does kind of deal with like possible like mental illness stuff. Um, I haven't, I don't proofread these stories, uh, you know, just because like a, we've said numerous times already that we like to do our like full reaction. Um, and we like to give actual like you know trigger warnings so we're not being dicks to people who may struggle with these things so um yeah spoiler warning for uh possible mental illness stuff um but it is about everybody's uh favorite holly jolly fat man uh tim allen that's right this is the story of Santa Saved Me, and is written by Paige Turner. I'm not sure if pun intended, but haha, pun intended. <laughs> um, you ready, sir? I am ready. Let's do this. So, you know, let's uh grab uh grab a blanket and get cozy up and by the fireplace and. Get your uh, coke, uh, in weed-infused cocoa as well. Yes, yes. If you partake, do that. And let's uh, let Teddy tell you tell us the tale of Santa saved me. Santa I already said it, sir. Gotcha. <laughs> let's do this. Hello. So let me rephrase that. <clears throat> I got like a frog in my throat. Hello, dear member. Oof, fuck, that was worse. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, dear member of this marvelous community. You have no real idea how relieved I am to find you. I need your help. You don't know me, but please hear my story. If you or someone you know can provide any information, I would be most grateful. I'm aware I open myself up as a target of mockery, but it's worth the risk to find one person with a similar experience. If nothing else, I promise, even if you think I'm crazy, I won't bore you. I'm too afraid to tell my friends or family the truth. I know they won't believe me. You, dear friend, are my only hope, Ben Kenobi. <laughs> you are my only hope for peace. Um, that's funny. I, I I don't know why that just anytime are my only hope. My brain just immediately thinks Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same. Oh my God. This starts like Krampus. This was the worst Christmas of my life. Either Santa Claus is real or my mind is finally broken in a way that feels forebodingly permanent. I can live with either. But I must know which. Even if it's the latter, it would hardly be the worst I've endured. No, the worst is easily when Mr. Monster Maker tried to kill me. That was 
That part was certainly real. The whole town knows about it. But let me start at the beginning so you can understand my sincerity. I flew home for the holidays to get away from all the overzealous, hormone-raging assholes at college. Not finding more. Not not find more. What the fuck? Oh, okay. Uh, Wow, my brain fucking derped on that whole sentence. Okay, I'm going to read it one more time. I flew home for the holidays to get away from all the overzealous, hormone-ranging assholes at college. Not find more. Being away from the dorms for two weeks was supposed to be relaxing. Unfortunately, I was only able to enjoy the first two days before things slid down shit hill. Our house is in the country. We have an alarm with cameras, but none of it helped. My parents are ER surgeons. I used to appreciate their long shifts, but not anymore. Wednesday the 22nd. Hey, that's the day we had Yule. Um, <laughs> the 22nd, not Wednesday. It was actually a Tuesday, I think, this year. But I digress. My mom... Er, pff, wow, I'm just awful at this today. Wednesday the 22nd, I drove my mom's car to dinner with high school friends, Sarah and Jean. They were the only other non-woo girls in our class, and therefore the only ones I stayed in touch with. Halfway through the meal, Jen's cousin arrived with a friend and joined us. It didn't thrill me, but it wasn't the end of the world. Her cousin wasn't that bad, although Dean was annoying from the moment he sat down. He honed on me immediately, trying to single me out for conversation and offering to buy me drinks. He looked decent. I might have given him a chance if I had been interested in dating at the time. The more I brushed him off, the harder he tried, and he, as if he couldn't fathom why I was resisting. It's like he set out to systematically raise every red flag on my radar. Yo, fuck this guy. Fuck Dean. Fuck out of here, Dean Winchester. Nobody wants you. I mean, a lot of people want Dean Winchester, but nobody wants this guy. They decided to hit a few bars after dinner, but I politely declined. I figured I would go home, relax, watch a few Christmas movies, and never see Dean again. That's how life would go for anyone, at least. But no, not me. I wasn't on the road five minutes before my my phone started going crazy. It sounded like my last tweet was going viral. Though I knew that was impossible, I'd be more likely to grow wings. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's that's a whole ass mood. Your phone start blowing up and you'd be like, yeah, it's because I'm popular on fucking Twitter and it's not even that. You got like maybe three likes. That, that hits home, bro. I'd be putting out some tweets I think are bangers and like I'll get like one like it. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> back home i saw dean found me on twitter and proceeded to like every post and comment on every ew he's that fucking dude dean is straight fucking simping out here he out fucking being stan from fucking the eminem song and i don't mean being a stan he is being stan you know Oh god, he fucking, I can't even fucking, they all said various forms of so beautiful, we have so much in common, let's hang. 
cringe. Oh my god. Throw this whole fucking guy in the internet. Or the throw this whole fucking guy away. Off the internet. Goodbye. Twitter was a, a mistake for nobody but him and Donald Trump. <laughs> he reminds me of that fucking guy from the last story that was like revenge porning people. And then was like, oh, why? It's like, maybe don't be a fucking shitty, like, fucking person. He also sent a DM with his contact info and four paragraphs of creepy compliments that ended with a list of things he thought we had in common. I had never been so grateful to not have my address or number listed. I don't know why I didn't block him then and there. Instead, I texted Jen to find out what his deal was. I didn't think he was dangerous so much as he was lonely and desperate. I've included our conversations beginning with her response to numerous screenshots. Jen, I was wondering what he was doing. He's been buried in his phone since we got here. Ryan and their mother... Uh, Ryan said their mothers are friends. Dean just moved here from his dad's house in Nevada, and Ryan's supposed to make him friends. Me. Weird. Or, weird way to make friends. Think your cousin can get him to ease up? Jen, I'll talk to him. No worries. I turned off notifications to Twitter and started a Christmas story. He already liked everything. I didn't think he could do much more. Both parents were back on the night shift, and I was determined no one would ruin my blissful solitude. I almost didn't look when I heard Jen's text 30 minutes later, but I assumed that she was saying that Dean wouldn't be an issue anymore. I wanted to say a, a quick thanks, and forgot I owned a phone for a few hours. Here's what was actually said. Jen, okay, small problem. Maybe just block him and don't read any more messages? Me? You're freaking me out. I have 18 new messages since we talked. Jen, there's something wrong with that guy. Rye distracted him with darts for a few minutes, but he kept asking what kind of guys you like, where you live, why, and why we thought we, you weren't responding to him yet. I'm really sorry. I'm buzzed. And he was so annoying. I told him maybe because you're going full stalker on her after 20 minute conversation. And he got really upset me the hell is wrong with you tell me he doesn't know where i live jennifer tell me that right now jen of course he doesn't we wouldn't do that but he immediately went back to his phone and started typing with a scary look on his face ryan said he had to get home and made dean go with him but he genuinely creeped me out go block him on everything <clears throat> you better believe i did just that but first, I took screenshots of the worst messages. I told myself I wanted them for evidence, just in case. But part of me wanted to see how far he went. The answer is way too far. I won't waste your time with the ramblings of a madman. Several contain more, nothing more than the word fuck used in various creative ways. But I would like to include a few so you don't think I'm exaggerating. 10.23 p.m. Weird, you still aren't home. Do you live outside the city? I know you aren't the kind of person who ignores a good guy like me. Haha. <laughs> Only bitches and ditches do that. Joke. Get it? Anyways, call me when you get home. Drive safe. Lots of crazies out there. 
1033. Was that you trying to call? I'm having trouble getting uh, trouble with my phone. It froze when I tried to answer. Call me back before I gotta come find you. Ha <laughs> ha, kidding again. Ten thirty-eight p.m. Why is this bitch calling me a stalker just because I'm trying to be friendly? How does she know I even messaged you? Pretty shit. You're pretty shitty. You can talk smack about me, but not to me. You want to explain that? You're just like all the others. Everyone thinks they're so much better than me. You have no idea what I'm capable of. By the way, I do want to let you know. I'm trying to sound as ridiculous as fucking possible because this guy's an absolute piece of shit and acting like a fucking child. So I'm going to play him like a fucking child. 10.30. Look, I'm sorry I got upset. That was really unlike me. I've been under a lot of stress with the move. I know we're perfect for each other. I just need you to give me a chance so you can see it too. What's your address? I want to apologize in person. I feel terrible. I know you deserve better, and I'm the best there is. You'll see. To every female or uh, non-binary person who presents as female, if you've ever had to deal with this, I'm fucking sorry. Because shit like this is fucking disgusting. Like, we we dealt with fucking incel number one. Now we got incel fucking number two over here. Like, I'm so sorry that y'all have to deal with this kind of fucking shit and, like, harassment on the internet. Not just in the, the internet, but, like, in real life, too, you know? Like, I'm sorry anybody has to go through this. And, like, I guarantee you every, like, female listener or female presenting listener has some variation of this shit story. Which is not okay. So, I I am sorry that y'all have to deal with that. Exactly. Like, people say men are trash. Well, I mean, they, like... There's, like, men are trash, and then there's, like, men are trash TM. You know, where, like, some guys aren't bad, but there are people out there. But, like, assholes like this, and I know it's just a story, but, like, this is didn't come out of nowhere. You oh, know? Yeah. This guy isn't just, isn't something, isn't something that's just written in stories. This is literally every, um, you can find almost every day. As Law and Order would say, this is ripped straight from the headlines. This is this is fucking gross. Uh, so, any female listener or female presenting um, listener, um, I do apologize about this. Um, you know, just stuff you shouldn't have to deal with you know i don't know how to say it any other way um but there is gonna be more that does get more intense so if this is something that you're already feeling like nope uh just go ahead and skip to the next story um because uh, a lot of what i see is like like really bad um I don't want to say it any other way. 
Um, 10.50 p.m. Look, I'm sorry I got upset. That was really unlike me. I've been... Oh, okay, I read that part. 10.57 p.m. I'm out of patience, bitch. If this is going to work between us, you have to start showing some respect. You got about 30 seconds to start apologizing. That was the last one, and I didn't stay to see more. I blocked him with shaking hands before he could finish whatever he was in the process of typing. After sending the screenshots to Jen, I hid my phone under the couch cushion. I didn't even want to see it for a while. I drove to focus on the TV instead, but my brain had other ideas. It wanted to dwell upon what a small community we lived in. If Dean's mother was in the same social circles as Ryan's, how long would it take for him to learn which house belonged to the well-known doctors? How many grateful patients had dragged us down just to deliver casseroles or cookies? Far too many, that's for sure. How did I go from dinner with friends to stalker obsession so quickly? That garbage was for Halloween, not Christmas, right? At some point, I fell asleep while contemplating life, the universe, and everything. It's important to keep track of the date, too. Remember, this is Thursday the 23rd now. When I woke up, it was daylight, and a note from my parents was on the coffee table. Sleeping till noon, pizza in the fridge. I had food in the microwave before remembering where my phone was and why. There were a few messages from my friends and an apology from Ryan. He saw the screenshots and felt terrible for introducing us to Dean. I know he's a good guy, but I was still too shaken up to pretend that I was okay. After answering the text, my heart sank when I saw Twitter. I had several DMs which, judging by the new comments, were all from fresh accounts Dean created. Each had a different name and profile picture. How does anyone have that kind of free time? Damn, dude, he, he's hitting her with the sock accounts, too. This guy's crazy. Fuck. Uh, j- just to let any listener, you want to, if you're, if you view yourself as any kind of fucking conservative, first of all, I don't know why you're here, because uh, I talk shit about your kind constantly. Secondly, to anybody, not just come to fucking conservatives. Fucking even if you view yourself as liberal, but fucking don't believe the fucking harassment women go through. The fact that this person is getting hit with bot accounts commenting on all of their shit too. Posted by this one person. This is this is shit fucking women go through on a day to day basis. That's just no fucking joke. If I went through this, I would fucking instantly deactivate all of my social media. Like, I would deactivate it for less. So, they're a fucking trooper for, like, holding in as long as they did. But the fact anybody has to go through this is bullshit. This story is, like, legitimately making me mad again. Uh, Oh, yeah, this person is, like, absolutely the same way. I let my food go cold while changing my settings to private and blocking the new profiles. All the fear I felt when I when alone the previous night was reborn into pure fury. There was so much rage bottled up inside. Yeah, justifiably so. I know how stupid it is to engage an unstable person. I really do. 
but by the time I regained control of my actions, the message was sent. I unblocked his real account long enough to inform him that I would take my evidence to the police if he made contact again. I should have stopped there, but I went on to say exactly how I felt about him. It's possible I ended up with a list of animals I would rather be with, but it's also fuzzy now. Okay, yeah. Dumb decision to do that, though. Block them if you have evidence against them and you're thinking that they're legitimately going to stalk you. uh, Take that evidence, report it to people, but do not engage. It's only going to get worse from there and you're only going to get like further into shit. Uh, So just don't engage. They keep creating accounts. You reach out to Twitter support. You provide that evidence and they IP or they uh, ban the MAC address for their devices. Um, Don't engage, please. This never ends well. Uh, Only after it was too late did I remember the overwhelming fear of how easily he could find me. I checked locks on every window and made sure the alarm was on. For the first time, I found myself wishing for a gun. My parents would have a heart attack if they knew. They've seen more dead family members than burglars, but that argument holds less weight with me these days. Sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked, but this has been more difficult to relive than expected. Anyway, I had almost... I. I had an almost peaceful day after that. My parents woke up at noon. We talked for a bit before they went to work. Jen wanted to come over and I was happy for the company. We drank wine, watched movies, and gossiped like we were back in school. By 9pm we were past tipsy and I would forgotten all about Dean. I didn't even think about him when my phone rang with an unfamiliar number. I won't answer those anyways. Even when it's not spam, it's never good. If someone has a real emergency, they'll text before giving up. The only reason to call is if you need to pressure someone into something unpleasant. Mood. (laughs) Whole ass mood. Only time I have to fucking take calls or field calls anymore is doctor's appointments. I'll make calls if I need to. But like Cece? Uh Uh-uh. She fucking hates making calls anywhere. You text her and that's all you get. She does that to me. And I'm I'm her spouse. She she will get mad at me if I try to call her versus texting her. Uh, I rejected three calls and accidentally opened one text in the process of blocking the number. There was no doubt who sent it. I know you hit the asshole button, you stupid whore. I'm done being treated like a bitch. We never did learn how he got my number, but I've had the same one since junior high. It wouldn't have been too hard if he asked the right people. Plus, now that the whole town knows what's happened, there's no way anyone will admit to it. Still, it bothers me. I'm not sure why I fixated on it, not like it will change anything, but I wish I knew. We googled his name hoping to learn something that may explain his behavior, but there was nothing from aside nothing aside from the normal social media accounts. Jen told Ryan he should let his mom know about her friend's creepy son. We didn't expect anything to come of it. I think we wanted to feel like we did something other than let him completely get away with it. 
Imagine our surprises when he responded with not only more apologies, but several news articles. It seems that Robert Dean Travers, 20 of Shady Pines, Nevada, was prime suspect in the murder and the deaths of two women and the disfigurement of another, ages 18 to 22. Mr. Travers was detained by police, but later released due to lack of evidence. There were also no links to articles about each woman, including, oh, there were links to articles about each woman, including their pictures. It made me nauseous to see how familiar we looked. It's true that they say that those guys have a type. There were no other suspects in the case and no attacks since Dean left the area. Jen told me not to read what he did to them, but I had to know. I needed to know. Assholes on the internet dubbed him the quote-unquote monster maker, which led to people, which led to the press calling him Frankenstein. The survivor told the police all she could, but obviously was unable to t- identify her attacker now that she was blind. Her testimony confirmed what police believe happened, but couldn't prove Dean was the culprit. He found these women in various places. But once he chose a mark, the rest was routine. He put great effort into making social media accounts with fake names and backgrounds to seem more appealing. The police say they were created months in advance and deleted immediately before an attack. Unfortunately, Dean only created and accessed these accounts from public hotspots on disposable phones. Meaning it was useless as evidence. Not really. Uh, Fun fact. You can trace that number back to the card that purchased it, back to the bank, to find that that person actually did it. Everything has a paper trail, unless it's done on the dark web. Everything has a paper trail. You can you can buy... You, criminals do this all the time. They think getting a burner phone is going to protect them. Unless they're paying 100% cash each time for a burner phone. Even then, when you buy a burner phone or try to put minutes on it, a lot of those times, those two require you to have an account in the first place. So, always has a paper trail. No number was ever used to contact more than a single victim. Next, he learned their address, a task at which he had become quite proficient. If a date insisted they meet rather than being picked away, he simply waited for them to leave and followed at a distance. Once he knew where they lived, he returned in the dead of night, parking several blocks away from the victim's house. After torturing those women for hours, he poured acid on their faces. Badly beaten as they were, it was still a slow, excruciating death. I read the survivor's testimonial where she recounted her moments of lying helpless as the acid ate through her flesh. She described her blindness as a consolation prize, preferring that to seeing the deformity of her face. It was unquestionably the most horrible thing I'd ever read. My chest still aches from the memory of her words. Every night I dream of her. I see her at home, asleep when Dean attacks. I see her terrified face and hear her screams of agony for hours before he uses the acid. He tapes her eyes open, forcing her to meet his gaze as he slowly applies the liquid with a medicine dropper. (sighs) Fuck. 
that's rough. Acid straight to your eyeball. And making making her basically watch as it happens. That's fucking awful. Oh. That that's I'm just imagining that image alone and my eyes are starting to fucking water. Oh Christ. The bastard giggles in delight with every fresh tear as he saves her eyes for last. With each drop, a horrible sizzle can be heard as the skin melts away. I think the dreams are part of why I can't move on. If I could have just one night's sleep where I didn't think about such awful things, I don't know. Maybe I'll never recover. Maybe the dreams are my mind's way of telling me I wasn't supposed to survive in the first place. But I'm getting ahead of myself again. I'm sorry about that. I'm just so sleepy. I've been awake for 31 hours and it's getting hard to concentrate. Where were we? Oh, right. Me and Jen on Friday night. We aren't stupid. We knew how serious the situation was after learning about Dean's past. We called my parents. They called the police. And all my hopes were shot to hell less than an hour later when Dad informed me that Dean was cleared of all charges and that his mother explained the horrible misunderstanding that led to him being suspected in the first place. He was, quote-unquote, a very shy young man. I stopped listening after that. We tried calling the cops ourselves, but they only repeated the same thing. While they didn't give me quite the brush off my dad did, legally, their hands were tied. They promised... To have a cruiser drive by every few hours, which is more than most people would get, call it a perk of a relationship between doctors and the police. Not that it helped. Jen agreed to stay the night so I wouldn't have to be alone, but aside from jumping at every noise, nothing more happened. She went home the next morning, which is important to remember that it was Christmas Eve, and my parents continued to reassure me when they woke that afternoon. It was their last shift before having five days off. I thought I could survive one more night alone, miles away from the closest neighbor. There had to be no contact from Dean since I blocked his number. Horrible as it sounds, I hope he found someone else to talk to anything that would let me think that he wasn't trying to find me. Damn, you should not wish that on fucking anybody. Like, that dude literally killed people. Like, you shouldn't wish death on anybody. That's like bad fucking karma right there. I made another round through their house, checking the alarm and locks, but it provided little comfort. How is it possible that we live in a world where people know a man like this is free, but they do nothing to stop him? It's madness. They think that just because we live in this happy little community where nothing bad happens, nothing bad can happen. And that is dangerously flawed logic. I agree with that. The minute you think you're safe, something's going to come along and fuck you that you're not prepared for. That is just life. And of course you learn to adapt to it, but like if you continue to think, nothing's bad while the world's burning around you well then you know you're just fucking wasting air at that point at 9 p.m it began snowing and the forecast warned it would soon be a blizzard even with the porch lights on i saw little more than a white wall outside 
That bastard managed to somehow ruin snow on Christmas. How evil can one man be? I tried to watch TV, but jumping at every sound effect got old fast. Listening to a podcast on low volume was going well until I heard something hit the kitchen windows shortly after 10. It was almost the dull thud of a bird. But I had a different, difficult time believing something tried to fly in that weather, or that it hit such a target. My feet were lead weights as I forced them to carry me forward. Not only to the kitchen, but not to the kitchen. Instead, I went to my dad's office where the monitors were. My heart skipped more than one beat as my eyes scanned over each screen several times before I could breathe normally again. A large tree stood a few yards away. Technically, it was possible that a stick was blown by the wind. However, I saw no signs the snow was disturbed on the ground but the view was becoming more obscured by the second. Soon, snow would cover the lenses and the cameras would be worthless. At that moment, I realized that the security alarm was much more than assurance police that would, f- or assurance police would find my corpse first. As much as I preferred that scenario, it was little of comfort in the moment. Nearly... After nearly 20 minutes of staring into the white monitors, I returned to the den. Part of me wanted to crawl under my bed, but the idea of hiding in my room while I imagined Dean lurking down the hall seemed infinitely worse than sitting on the couch and imagining he was in the bushes. No matter what I did to feel safe, my mind would find a no way to show me that why it wouldn't help. I hate my brain. That bitch is lucky I can't lay hands on her. That's all I'll say about that. She said, fuck you, mind. I will fucking... I will fucking... These hands are rated E for everyone. <laughs> I'm about to give myself a brain as I'm going to throw hands with my brain. Fuck, this, this story's rough, dude. <laughs> like, I know we've read some rough shit on here, but... It <sighs> make me paranoid. I'm about to start looking out the fucking windows, make sure nobody's fucking throwing... Standing out there creeping on me. Yeah, it's like three in the fucking morning, man. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Two in the morning, Jesus. I managed to slide backward. Oh, sorry, I skipped past it. Okay. Sorry, my page scrolled down, so I was trying to figure out where I was. It was roughly ten minutes later when I heard another soft thud. This time from the dining room. I stood before the yellow curtains trembling, trying to mentally will the curtains aside rather than lift my shaking arms. Somehow, my legs continued to support me as one hand slowly, unsteadily reached forward. Just as my fingers brushed the fabric, a louder thud shook the window. I screamed, falling backwards and landing hard on my ass. I remained frozen. Listening to the horrifying crunch of snow as heavy footsteps approached, when they finally came to a stop, I heard something different. Something like metal dragging lightly across glass. That's what erased all doubts of mere paranoia. There was no natural explanation for the deliberate noise I heard. My mind screamed to run, but I only whimpered. It seemed like I had neither fight nor flight, only freeze. I managed to slide backwards across the floor until I was beneath the dining table. Making no efforts to lower my voice, I dialed 911. 
when finished when finished relaying the address i noticed that the noise had stopped all was eerie silent the operator stayed on the phone until able to confirm it was safe to open the door for police but there was no further disturbance one officer took my statement while another checked the perimeter. There were no signs of anyone else, but they admitted it was snowing heavily enough to cover all but the deepest tracks. I think they were trying to be polite because of my parents, but they clearly didn't believe that I was in any danger. I'm sure they didn't appreciate driving in the blizzard either, but what else could I do? I cried again as they left. It felt like they were leaving me to die. It was almost midnight as I watched the cruiser leave our driveway, and with it, my last shred of hope. I desperately wanted to sleep, but any time I felt myself drifting, I remembered the women who were so rudely awakened in the sanctity of their own homes. If my car were there, I would have, been, I would have gone to a hotel. By one, my eyes were drooping even while standing. I knew if I sat, it would be the end. At one point, I found myself staring at a pile of presents beneath our tree. I thought of all the years I sat in that very spot, shaking gifts, trying to peek inside without tearing the paper, all while being ignorant to the fact that I would likely die in that same room. A loud crash from the kitchen pulled me from the trance. The sound of shattering glass painted a clear picture of someone breaking a pane on the back door to gain entry. When I thought it was impossible to feel more frightened, a series of beeps followed by the silencing of the alarm sent a crippling wave of hopelessness through me. Later, I would learn that Dean worked for the security company in Nevada where he learned to bypass the alarms. As his heavy footsteps approached, my legs finally decided to function. They felt numb as they carried me to the front door, but I hesitated at the staircase. With the blizzard in full force, outside wasn't an option. Dean was only seconds away from turning the corner, and I was sure my knees would fold the moment I saw him. I ran upstairs. When almost at the top, Dean shouted, There she is! Hey, darling, why don't you come down here so we can have a little chat? No wonder his last victim couldn't identify his voice. He sounded like a completely different person. It was husky and sinister almost inhuman. Without risking a glance back, I kept running forward, trying to reach the bathroom. It was the only room with the lock. Not that I thought it would save me, but what else could I do? The maniac was fast. He climbed into the door before it could latch. It slammed into my nose, and warm, sticky blood sprayed as I struggled to push against his body weight. He overpowered me effortlessly, pushing down the door hard enough to smash my head into the wall behind it. My vision went dark in the last moments before losing consciousness. I remember thinking, I, don't ho I hope I don't have to wake up after. When I woke up, there were a few seconds where I forgot my circumstances. I couldn't figure, understand why I was in a sitting position or why my head ached so miserably. The moment my memory returned, panic surged through me. I opened my eyes to see Dean seated across from me, smiling. In a deranged way, even Pennywise would find disturbing. Doubt that, because he literally fears. Uh, his literal fears, so I'm sure he would not find that disturbing. He would probably be the one pushing it, just because Pennywise does that. I was tightly bound to a dining room chair with ropes 
eating into my wrists, ankles, and torsos. Look who's awake. It's about time, sleepyhead. I was getting so bored I thought I would have to start without you. Dean smiled, and I did my best not to give him the satisfaction of crying. I was still a little delirious, but a strange calmness possessed me. It happened. I caught him soon I would beg for death before being murdered. But though there was nothing I could do about it while tied to the chair, I felt dizzy and nauseous, but I was beginning to accept my fate. I decided my only goal was to hurt him as badly as possible in the process. I focused my energy on waiting for my chance while he launched into cliche villain rant. Did you think you were playing hard to get? Did you think you were being cute? That I would respect you for it? Well, sadly, or well, you sadly miscalculated. And now you're going to pay for it dearly. You could have had everything. He wasn't manic. In fact, he was the opposite. It was the most composure he's displayed yet. He spoke as naturally as, as if discussing the weather. My brain whispered to play along to indulge his delusion by apologizing, begging for another chance, but I couldn't. The thought of having him, giving him the satisfaction even for a moment was unbearable. I summoned every ounce of hate in my soul and tried to express it through my icy glare, but Dean only smiled. It's a shame, really. Oh well, there will be others. Maybe I'll go to New York next. Who knows? But I can't very well stay here. I promised Mother I would behave, and she's going to be livid when she hears about this. It's probably best I leave town before that happens. Don't you worry, though. We can still be together tonight. Your parents won't leave the hospital for hours yet. Dean rose to his feet and tried, and I. Dean rose to his feet, and I tried to control my trembling as he approached. He placed both hands on my shoulders and lowered himself until his mouth was at my ear. I could smell the stench of his rotten breath as he whispered, Are you ready? I think you... His words were cut off by a strange sound from the living room. The only way I could think to describe it was as a jingle slash scuffle. Dean bolted upright, head snapping in its direction. After a slight hesitation, he reached into a small black bag sitting on the table and pulled out a knife. He winked at me, putting a finger over his lips in a shushing gesture, while mock mimicking the knife across his throat before tiptoeing around the corner. I didn't believe for an instant anyone was inside. It just wasn't possible, but I screamed, Help! He has a knife! Anyways, Dean was only gone for a moment before he returned. The look on his face told me screaming had been a mistake. Why would you do that? I know you understood what I said, so tell me, what stupid thought ran through that pretty little head of yours that convinced you that it was okay to disobey? He, dis he jabbed his finger into my temple with each word and tears spilled from my eyes. My vision was blurry when I saw a red glob moving bef behind Dean. I didn't understand what I was seeing. I thought something in my eye ruptured and was causing me to see the red. I didn't know if it was possible, but I was fairly certain we were alone in the house. What else could it could have what else could it have been? I challenge you to find someone above the age of twelve who would think maybe it's Santa Claus when they're in my situation. You know what? 
I think it's time to take this party upstairs, but first I'm going to break one of your legs to make sure you can't run away. I hate to do it, but you clearly can't be trusted. The madman said in a way that made it obvious that he would not hate it one bit. When Dean reached for something behind me, his body went rigid and the popping sounds of a taser filled the room. My mind was unable to process what was happening. I stared at his unconscious form for almost a full minute before noticing the ropes which bound me were on the floor. I lifted my head slowly in search of my rescuer but find myself speechless as I locked eyes with a man dressed as Santa Claus. Are you hurt, child? he asked in a warm, fatherly voice. Uh... Uh, uh, how was all I could say at first. I know you're too obvi- you're obviously too old to believe in me, but I was flying by when I heard the commotion. I couldn't just keep going, not knowing an innocent young lady was in peril, could I? He asked, extending his hand to help me. I took it gratefully. I didn't believe him yet, but he had saved my life. If he wanted to hurt me, he would have left me tied to that chair. But, but, I tried again and failed to speak. It's all right. I imagine you've been through quite an ordeal. Please follow me into the den while we wait on my assistant. Placing one hand gently on my back, he guided me to the couch. Once seated, he offered me a cup of cocoa, or a mug of cocoa. I don't know where it came from, but I drank it gratefully. Everything else aside, it was, without contest, the greatest hot chocolate I had ever tasted. Before I could learn more, I heard the scuffle slash jingle sound again. Cocoa sprayed from my mouth when three elves emerged from the fireplace. Excellent! Thank you for coming so quickly! I must resume my flight, Santa told the elves as he floated up the chimney with no more than a wave of goodbye in my direction. The elves looked exactly the same as the ones in the old Rudolph cartoon, clothes and all. I I began to hypothesize that I was already dead, but I wasn't sure how to test that theory. I watched Mouth Agape as two elves entered the dining room, and a third one came to stand by me. Greetings! We are Santa's Naughty Squad! My name is Gibson, and I'm here to prepare the body for the police! He said it as quickly as one does when a phrase is memorized from repeating use. Though, uh, I didn't finish the sentence before Gibson launched into an explanation. The Naughty Squad is responsible for securing any active crime scene where the big man was forced to intervene. Over the century, there has been numerous occasions where the situation has been deemed necessary. He still spoke as if reading from a script. At my confused look... The elf let out a long, exacerbate, exacerbated, exasperated, yeah, exasperated sigh, and rubbed the bridge of his nose as if resisting an oncoming headache. Look, girl, he's Santa Claus. Think about it. Do you really think he can just sit back and let people get butchered if he can help? The man travels around the globe every year. Of course, there's going to be times like this. We've seen it all. There's nothing that's surprising us anymore. The professional tone was gone, and it somehow felt stranger to hear him talk more like a normal person. It does make kind of sense that if Santa is real, that he would want to help people when able, if he's real. Just when I thought 
Nothing could shock me more. The other elves returned from the dining room table. I turned to see them give uh, Gibson a confirmation nod before they too exited through the chimney. Great. They're finished. Now here's what you're going to do. Call 911. Tell them that you were attacked, but able to incapacitate your assailant with a taser. He paused to indicate the taser on the coffee table. The coroner will determine his heart stopped due to pre-existing medical conditions, but they won't look too hard. They'll only be glad he's dead. Damn! <laughs> I'm sorry, this story has been rough, but the fact that these fucking mafioso fucking cleaner elves just come up to, like, rig a body? Yeah, this, this is taking a This wow, is fun. No, weird. no, alright, alright. So it's the, Now it's fun to read. Yeah, it got dark, but now this is starting to read, like... A dark epi- Alright, so, everybody knows about, like, tangent aside- or, quick tangent. Uh, everybody knows about, like, uh, like, the Lost Spongebob episode or the Lost Simpsons episode that's, like, really, really dark. Um, it's just basically an episode of the show where, like, usually the main character dies or, like, somebody's depressed and kill themselves. Something of that nature, Right? This reads to me like a very dark and edgy version of the Santa Claus. And I'm yeah. just imagining those helper elves as being like his like special like fucking elite squad that they had with the jetpacks and shit. <laughs> and I'm just imagining them now fucking rolling up with the jetpacks and they're like, yep, we'll fix this body. And they go like, they got like uh, the jugs of bleach and like tarps and everything <laughs> yep the guy the guy's heart stopped of fucking natural causes as he's like fucking drawing a huge syringe of like pure cyanide you know yeah <laughs> he fucking hits him with that like nerving agent and then they fucking dexter stab him through the heart you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay like so dark and it just gets to this part and i'm sorry that part just cracked me up i i couldn't i couldn't not crack up about this oh god gibson did not wait to answer questions the moment he finished speaking he was gone i did as i was told mostly because there was nothing else i could do of the information i had learned that there of all of the information I learned that would have me questioning all I knew to be true, the only item I want I could focus on that moment was elves just murdered a man in my house. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Even they know how fucking ridiculous this sounds. You're like, shit, man, I just watched the fucking dentist from Rudolph fucking murk these guy. <laughs> oh god. Uh, I can't, I just can't get that image out of my head now. Just the dentist from fucking Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer doing fucking Dexter. Uh, ADHD brain, everybody. I felt like a third, okay. Um, I felt like a third party in my own body. As I called 911 to explain the dead serial killer, it seemed like I was watching someone else in a movie. 
trigger warning, disassociation, speak from personal experience. Seeing the sirens fill our yard was surreal. Cop cars, ambulances, and fire trucks lit up our dirt road. I stayed on the couch, giving my story to the lead detective as dozens of people marched through the house. My parents were the worst part when they made it home. They raged, they raised such a fuss. It was almost dawn when the last official vehicle left. I wanted nothing more to sleep until noon. We did the best we could to have a happy Christmas, but our hearts weren't in it. I don't tell them about my nightmares. Because they wouldn't understand. The next day, a profiler with the FBI said that the stress of the new environment, especially under the circumstances of Dean's relocation, is what began his spiral. She believed he felt pressured to establish himself in a new community, and given he pursued me after I knew his real identity, he had no intentions of harming me at first. It's far more likely he intended to marry me to further his cover as a normal member of society. For a man accustomed to instantly winning his target's affection, my repeated dismissals would have been difficult to tolerate even on a good day, coupled with the fact that he was already on the edge of guaranteed disaster. Essentially, the more I rejected him, the more he lost his ability to reason. I'm back at college now, but I still can't get this out of my head. It's killing me to stay awake, but the alternative is dreaming of the girl again. I don't want to see her anymore. It's unbearable. I feel as if it will never stop until I learn the truth. Please, has anyone else met the Naughty Squad? Or am I crazy? And that's it. That is Santa Saved Me. At first, I thought it was going to be like fucking a cryptid with like Santa being like the serial killer or the slasher. But no. Fucking Tim Allen really out here fucking uh, rescuing people with his fucking elite fucking death fucking elf squad. The elf mafia. Like, what the Yeah, the fucking cleaners, dude. (laughs) You know who this is? This is Harvey K. Tell's character, the wolf, but like in elf form. And she's John Travolta and fucking Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction, you know? God, that was fucking rough for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But just to know that that piece of shit got clapped by fucking elves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not making light of any of the other horrible shit that was in this. That's no laughing matter because that's a real thing that happens. But it's fucking absolutely fucking pure justice to see this fucking piece of shit get his upcomments from fucking Santa Claus and his fucking <laughs> death squad of elves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I got the episode of the name of the episode, Kyle. Santa and his death squad of elves. <laughs> That's nice. it. Nice. That's the name of the episode. I'm going to send it to you in a message now. But, yeah, that was an interesting, it was a rough story, but it got uh, fun, I guess is the word, and near the end. Yeah, it, 
page turner. Thank you for doing something that lightened it up just a little bit. Yeah. Wait, page turner is the person who made your story? Yes. Same same here. Lost cow. Oh, we got a double page turner tonight. <laughs> oh, pun intended. Get it? Yep. It's the page turner. Uh, Fuck. Uh, All right. Uh would you uh what'd you think of that? How many uh, Honda Penne? Uh, I'm going to go with three and a half. Oh, oof. N- not a fan? It was just very rough. Uh, I-, I feel that. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Nah. I was so fucking mad at this, and that by the end of the fucking story, all that tension was relieved, and it was nice. Yeah. I mean, that elves saved it for me. I like also the monster makers a play on the toy that kids had in the fucking 90s that was the quote unquote boys version of an easy bake oven and they just like fucking made like gooey fucking non-edible gummy fucking like slimy things yeah yeah so that that was funny that it was like they used like toy terms and stuff like that. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Um and I'm sorry, like I just I love this 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 idea of like Santa Death Squad or or Santa's Death Squad of elves that fucking show up when like fucking people are being fucking like naughty pieces of shit. Hell yeah, give me fucking anti hero fucking Santa Claus. You know? Yeah. I want to see him ho, 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 and shotgun blast some, like, fucking, like, piece of shit, like, uh, women beaters and stuff, you know? Exactly. Give us a vigilante Santa Claus. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, that was rough, but fun near the end. Uh, Like I said, the elves saved it for me. Yeah. uh, The fucking elves are great. I like the elves. Uh, but yeah, so like I said before, Page Turner was the author of Teddy's story, and without even this isn't we didn't plan this at all. Literally just picked these stories out ourselves, and Page Turner happens to be the author of my story as well. So it's it's a Page Turner double feature tonight. I will say though, um, on um, both of our stories before you get into it, before I just realize, I do also want to know. When you go to either one of these stories that we will link, at the very end where they where she uh, she or they I do apologize, um, or even he, um, but uh, right under the name where the the credit name is, there's actually a link to an official site by them where they link all of their writings. So if you like these stories and you would like to know more works by them, uh, they will have a link in this, in either one of these stories to all of their other stories. Yes. Thank you for that. No problem. I just, I, I, I didn't want to cut you off, but like, I also wanted to mention that. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, always good to mention that. There's Speaking no- of lost episodes, by the way, like uh, like the uh, the lost SpongeBob episode oh, yeah. and yeah. shit like that. 
Yeah, so uh so speaking of that, uh so my story is Lost Kevin by Paige Turner. Uh I will fair warning, uh, trigger warning beforehand. This does involve uh like mental illness, uh, violence involving a child, uh drug use, drug use involving a child. And you know stuff. Wait, the fucking kid is doing drugs in this? You'll see. Okay, I, I'm you know, fucking. Yeah, I'm interested now. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, but, but yeah. So there's uh, there's some drug use and violence and stuff like that. Uh, so your trigger warning. And uh, there's it also involves mental illness. Uh, so you know, like I said, trigger warning. If it's too much for you, just skip it. It's fine. Uh, but this is Lost Kevin, and uh, just to kind of give you like a brief, like, because I, I like skim through. So basically, if if you've ever read... You broke our well, rule of going in blind, sir. Well, I had to skim through to make sure that it wasn't nothing, like, bad. That's true. I did yeah. have to drop a whole shit ton of, like, disclaimers. Yeah. So maybe we'll like, consider start doing to, that in the future. Yeah, like, I would hate to be reading and then read something that's very yikes in the middle of recording. Yeah, they're... Spo- or just trigger warnings in general. There, yeah. there's going to be stuff on here that may trigger you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So like, just skimming through here. So basically, if you've ever been a fan of creepy pasta in any way, you've probably heard of like the famous creepy pastas like Squidward Suicide or like Lost episodes of. Of, of 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 some kind of kids cartoon or like yeah like or, the sim like i mentioned before with the like uh the lost episode of the simpsons yeah lost episode of the simpsons where the, bart uh, dies the messed up version of pokemon uh where lavender town is all oh all the creepy. dead pokemon yeah the dead pokemon yeah so so basically Oh no! Or, or wait are you referring to lavender town syndrome or are you referring to like Pokemon just the ones dying, who, just the ones where like the game is like different than what it's supposed to be, or the one where the Zelda game is 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 yeah different. yeah like the 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 modded cartridges yeah, yeah I got you yes so basically if you're a fan of those you'll like this because this is essentially Home Alone two but a different version of Home Alone two creepypasta style so, if this shit is fucking. If uh, Home Alone Two was rated R, it's sort of yeah. I mean, it's what it seems like yeah. But yeah, so uh, so I'll get started. This is uh, Lost Kevin by Page Turner. I know it's wrong to download movies, and we shouldn't do it. But I'm poor, and those guys are rich. Either way, first of all, <laughs> right, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus. Oh, you good? <coughs> right on. Whoever wrote that. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, yeah. Torrent those movies. Those bitches are rich. They make millions of dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say this. this is They're not right. fucking sweating over what fucking thirty bucks or whatever to buy the movie. Fucking torrent that this shit. Was, I don't care. Just was, use a VPN. This was my exact mindset back when I used to torrent movies all the time. No, bro. I'll I'll still do it. Fuck it. VPN. Yeah. Don't give a shit. But uh, either way, it's not important. I'm only writing this to warn others against it. Is it illegal? Yes. Immoral? Arguably. But technically dangerous? Apparently. 
I didn't do it often. I just wanted a few Christmas movies to get into the holiday spirit. I stuck with the classics, and they all played great. It wasn't until I watched Home Alone 2 that things started getting bad. Oh, no. Everyone has seen that movie, right? Because it, if you haven't, I don't know if you follow this story. My partner was asleep, but I wasn't tired, so I watched it alone. The first different thing was the opening credits. The little house was red. I hadn't watched it in a couple years, but I've seen it a thousand times. I was certain it should be blue. Still, it's a minor detail, forgotten almost immediately after fading to a movie. In the opening scene, it shows the family members rushing through the home and remains normal until Kevin walks in on his uncle's shower. The uncle usually calls him a nosy little pervert, but this time he said, sorry little shit. I thought I heard him wrong when I tried to skip back the computer froze. That's not uncommon. It's a piece of junk. I didn't want to waste more time, so I let it keep playing. I was positive the movie was wrong when the Christmas pageant began. The kids were holding real candles as the camera zoomed in on the sinking children and their small dancing flames. I thought I downloaded from someone with mad editing skills. Changing the candles blew my mind, but I can't believe it's possible. The rest of what I'm about to convey, I can't. In the original movie, Buzz holds candles behind Kevin's ears. In my copy, the sizzle of Kevin's flesh can be heard as uh, wisps of dark smoke swirl around his head. The audience still laughs the same, but instead of stopping when Buzz is knocked down, they grow louder. The choir robes worn by the children are set ablaze, and they scream over the roaring laughter. When the cardboard tree hits piano later, hits piano lady. Blood sprays from the impact and a gaping head wound is seen as she tumbles back. I watched in stunned silence, glued to my seat and unable to look away. I didn't understand what I was watching, but I had a morbid desire to see more. You and everybody else in the world. Yeah, basically. (laughs) This is how people got into human centipede. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, well, this is fucked up. I'm going to continue watching. Yeah, pretty much. I've seen a beheading that way, actually. Back home, Buzz uses the same apology speech, but his face and hands are wrapped in bloody bandages. Kevin's ears are also badly burned, but his wounds are left untreated. When it shows the family, their faces are red and puffy from crying. On the kid tantrum scale, I would rate Kevin's actual non-apology scene pretty low. He doesn't throw anything, his voice doesn't crack as he screams through his tears, and his face doesn't exude pure hatred. This one, in my version, did all those things. After Kevin's mom followed him to the attic, he used cuss words I've never heard before. I think some were in a different language. Kate began crying, screaming, I wish you would have died last year, before storming out. Baseball was thrown as she exited, slamming into the door as it closed. Oof. Fuck, that's your brother, bro. Like, chill. Yeah. The close-up of the of the Chicago Sun... The close-up of the Chicago Sun Times was also different. Instead of wet bandits, it read, Killer bandits escape during riot. I don't remember what the smaller headlines really say, but I'm willing to bet it's not Dozens Dead Manhunt Continues, considering it's a kid's movie. Remember in the quick scene of the remember the quick scene of the airport taxi knocking over the statue? In my copy, it hits a kid. Aside from the characters being angry and depressed towards one another, the movie plays relatively normal until Kevin leaves New York airport. 
where he once enjoyed a montage of fun city sights to a happy song, he now walked dark, dangerous alleyways as sinister music played. For the remainder of the movie, Kevin's family is not seen again. They never go to the police or attempt to, to locate him. After the montage, we see Harry and Marv leave the fish truck. The sticky bandit jokes was completely removed. Where they normally still change from Salvation Army Santa, go Harry and Marv, fuck the Salvation Army. They now held <clears throat> a man at gunpoint in a dark alley. The terrified man surrenders his wallet without a struggle, but is shot anyway. The scene ends as the bandits flee. Damn, this is fucked up so far. <laughs> I'm liking this, though. This is edgy. Yeah. Like, I, I think I would like this version of fucking uh, Home, Home Alone 2 edgy. way better, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> what should be the scene where we first see the hotel and Pigeon Lady was now a Holiday Inn and a junkie. And, uh, you know, I apologize if, if uh, that's uh, uh, bad for, for people to hear. Uh, that that's just what the words is in the story. The, the woman in the woman in my copy was putting a syringe into her arm where when Kevin saw her, he enters the Holiday Inn, skipping the short scene where he runs away. Still in possession of Peter's bag, he immediately approaches the front desk. A dirty, balding man gives him a hard time until he sees the envelope full of cash. There's no bellboy to, to escort Kevin to his room, but when he turns on the lights, cockroaches scatter across the floor. The room is filthy, has two twin beds, and a small TV with tinfoil wrapped around the antenna. Damn, what kind of holiday end didn't he check into? I I I know some chain hotels that are like this. I like I'm not even kidding. Uh, a former roommate worked at one of them, and we were there for New Year's, and they had to set up for breakfast in the morning afterwards. And they opened their fridge, and like the edge of where like the ceiling, the the like the like padding that like keeps your fridge completely closed or locked in. Um, they were all in there, and they are just, like, fucking scattered. I'm like, I'm never staying here, ever. It's fucking gross. I had to leave after that. Ooh. They they skip the pool scene, going directly to the Angels with even filthier souls movie. The only difference here is the hungry look in Kevin's eyes as he sits on the floor. Face inches from the screen, his fingers oh, lightly tracing over his arm. A fade-out takes us to a few hours later when he discovers Peter's address book. At seeing his uncle's name, he says, If they're still in Paris, I can stay there instead. At the sight of a family photo in his father's wallet, Kevin begins shaking and sobbing as he rips it to pieces. The following morning, he holds a cab instead of renting a limousine. Duncan's toy chest was unchanged. Unchanged. But the kid was still angry and depressed as he wandered through the store. He pushed other kids and shoplifted the item he normally purchased. Mr. Duncan watched him leave with a sad, slow shake of the head. Harry and Marv exited immediately after grabbing Kevin on the street. The boy screamed, kicked Harry in the shin, and ran. The chase scene was short and filled with cursing. Instead of breaking pearl necklaces to trip the bad guys, he told a group of bikers, Two men are chasing me. Kevin proceeds to escape while Harry and Marv are brutally beaten in the streets. <laughs> I'm sorry, this reads actually like a good fucking goddamn movie. 
please, Mr. Bikerman, those guys are chasing me. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's fuck them up. Yeah. Fuck you, pedos. Upon returning to the hotel, the owner claimed the room was never paid for and tried to make the boy pay again. When Kevin refused, the man grabbed him, take the money, took the money by force. Red-faced with fury, the uh, kid fled back into the streets. Damn. He ran until he, he ran in, he ran until Harry and Marv, limping and beaten to a pulp, found him once again. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled him through the alleys, describing brutal methods of torture he would endure. I can't even repeat the words. I don't think I even heard such gruesome ideas before. I didn't believe a child's face could be more consumed by hatred, but the way Kevin looked at them gave me chills. When he saw three homeless men ahead, he began frantically digging through his pockets. The bandits were too busy watching their surroundings to notice, but the kid found a few crumpled 20s. As they passed the homeless, he threw the cash into their circle. Help! Kill these guys! He screamed. After retrieving the cash, the three men descended upon the bandits, and Kevin was able to escape. In the next scene, Kevin was alone in the dark park. The sulky child walked with his head down, frightened by the shady characters he encountered. More than one tried to sell him drugs, and when the prostitute taunted him, he flipped over. He flipped her off. After running from the taxi driver, he bumped into the ex-pigeon lady again. They had an almost normal chat, if you can pretend it's normal, to teach a ten-year-old how to shoot heroin. Where she once placed bird seeds into his hand, she now rolled his sleeve up with a mother's tenderness. She injected the drugs into his vein, and when finished, he fell backwards into a snowy hill. Looking up into a clear night sky, as the camera pulled away, Kevin could be seen smiling for the first time. Oof. It skipped their touching scene at the orchestra, instead going directly to Kevin entering his uncle's home. I didn't notice any difference in the trap set and montage aside from the same eerie music as before. This is where the movie got truly graphic. I've seen a lot of horror, but I've never seen anything so incredibly brutal as the derailed special effects to come. <laughs> derailed? <Good laughs> God. The scene at the toy store began with Kevin, had off for the first time since the apology scene. His ears were turning green with affection from the still untreated burns. He smiled wickedly as he collected bricks, but he never bothered taking a picture. Actually, I don't think he had the camera or voice recorder at all. Likewise, he didn't attach a note to the brick he threw into the window. Harry ran outside, tripped on the felled seesaw, and face-planted into the sidewalk. He lifted his head to show a bloody nose and murderous eyes. Seeing the trap failed, Kevin began running away. Marv emerged, also tripping on the board, and fell into Harry. When the boy taunted the bandit from his uncle's roof, they responded in the usual way. The first brick drop still hit Marv in the forehead, but left a wide, bloody gash. The next two bricks gave uh, matching lacerations and blood sprayed the sidewalk on impact. Oh, so it's uh, it's realistic, Home Alone. Too. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Both the men's faces were already in poor condition from, from previous beatings, but somehow each new wound was prominent among the rest. I wish I could tell you I watched because some strange power stayed my uh, stayed my hand or that the movie threatened me in some way but I can't the only reason I continued watching was because some twisted part of me wanted to see what else they'd done to it I mean yeah I would yeah. fucking watch for exactly that reason are you kidding me Yeah, there was absolutely nothing to give any indication it was edited if I had never seen it I would have believed it, genu it was genuinely filmed that way that's good fucking video editing right there man mm -hmm. hire that man to work in Hollywood after Harry left to find another entrance, Marv struggled to his feet. 
At the front door, he pulled the knob off to initiate the same staple gun trap. Albeit without the comedically long rope, the string quickly pulled tight, shooting a staple into his nutsack region, not his ass. He then fell to his knees, pulling the trigger once more. I had to look away when the staple penetrated his eye. They just made it so graphic. Ooh, that's so good. Harry tried to go up the slippery ladder and fell on his back, but nothing worse than usual. When he kicked in the side door, most of the falling tools missed him, but the camera didn't cut away when the last wrench fell. The sound of his skull breaking was nothing compared to the blood that splattered and the way his head caved inward. He should have been dead, but he wasn't. Marv kicked open the front door but fell off the incomplete floor ledge, landing with a sickening thud. Blood uh, stains spread beneath him as he moaned in agony. When finally able to stand, he walked on shaky legs around the green goop he normally slips in. He still tried to use the sink, probably because he was covered in as much blood in my version as he was paint in the real movie. The electrocution scene was horrible. When he attempted to use the sink, his body went rigid as electricity coursed through him. His hair caught fire and the screen filled with smoke. I know it was only in my, <coughs> my only I know it was only my in my imagination, but I swear I could smell him burning. It felt like it lasted longer than normal. He fried for almost a full minute. He too should be dead, but wasn't. Kevin laughed maniacally as he maxed out the voltage before running away. It didn't stop until the actual device blew sparks and died. It skipped Harry catching on fire and dipping his head in the toilet. Instead, it stayed with Marv as he somehow recovered. He erected a tower of junk to climb through the hole in the floor and almost made it to the top before it fell, burying him beneath the rubble with more gut-wrenching sound effects. Back upstairs, Kevin sneaked down a hall past Harry and attempted to climb the ladder he previously saw halfway through. It broke too early and sent him crashing into the ground. Recovering quickly, he almost made it to the top of the stairs before Harry saw him. When Marv caught up, the two undead bandits pretended to run upstairs. This time, they avoided the paint cans thrown by the kid and there was no giant metal beam-like object. The bandits hurled more threats at Kevin as they tried to enter the attic, but they didn't conveniently listen as the tool chest hurtled down the stairs. Instead, they backed away, confused looks on their dis- disfigures, uh, disfigured faces as the door exploded with a loud crash. On the roof, Kevin still climbs down a rope and sets it on fire as the bandits descend. The difference is Harry and Marv are engulfed in the flames before falling several stories to land on their backs. Legs protruding at angles that made my stomach churn. The dozens of paint cans to fall on them after was just overkill. Kevin calls the police from a payphone while the bandits recover, but they catch him when he slips on the ice. Harry and Marv hardly look human anymore with their lumpy faces and broken limbs, but they still lifted the boy to his feet. Then they dragged him to the park, putting a gun in his face and enjoying each new cry of terror they won. Eventually, the, be- the, the beating began, making Kevin suffer before he died. The kid was on the ground, curled in a ball, trying to protect his head with his arms, screaming for help. Finally, when the sharp kicks of the body stopped, he looked up into the barrel of Harry's gun. As the saw, as he saw the hammer pull back, he squeezed his eyes shut. Then a loud bang echoed through the park, followed closely by a second. Kevin remained still until he heard a booming voice say, This is the police. You're safe now. As he opened his eyes, red and blue lights flashed all around him. Two paramedics wrapped him in a blanket and carried him to an ambulance. There, he met Mr. Duncan, who praised him for saving his store. 
Next, we saw a few clips of the boy being adopted by Mr. Duncan and going on to live a happy, normal life. When you think the credits are about to roll, it fades to a scene zoomed in on Kevin's smiling, jubilant face. Very slowly, as beautiful, inspirational music plays in the background, it zooms out to reveal him lying on the snowy hillside in the park. His eyes are glazed over in death, and a needle hangs from his arm. I went to the website to see what I could find out about the person I got it from, but the torrent was removed. I looked on other sites, but I couldn't find any anywhere. I tried to show my partner the next morning, but it said file corrupt each time I pressed play. Next time I was alone, the movie suddenly worked again. I tried to screen record, but it only showed blackness when I rewatched the video. I keep trying to add a link below for anyone who wants to see it, but they are being disabled faster than I can post more. Hurry, click the link before they remove it too. There's only one thing you should know first. Since seeing it, no matter what I'm watching or who I watch it with, occasionally I'll see flashes of strange scenes. Whatever is, is on will stray from its usual script and change into something horrible. That's probably my imagination, but I thought I'd mention it, just in case. And that's it. Oof. I like that, though. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty uh crazy ending how you think it's gonna get a happy ending and then it's not i mean yeah because kevin fucking you know yeah od'd there in the fucking snow yep that part was rough like kids doing drugs is not cool but But yeah fucking damn dude it was nice to fucking see like some realistic shit happen to those guys how many times you watch home alone 2 and you're like uh you're dead. Yeah, I literally watched Home Alone 3 and the guy has a lawnmower go over his fucking head. Yeah, yeah, I'm like... Uh, and he's still alive. Dead, buddy. <laughs> like, no, I don't care if the thing's rusty. It would still scalp you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, very unique uh, take on Home Alone 2, especially with some of the scenes. Yeah, I, very I like up. that. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna say four haunted penny out of five. I think I agree with that. I'll 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 give it four out of five. Nice, nice. Well, that uh that wraps up our Christmas themed or holiday themed creepy pastas. We hope you have enjoyed those as much as we enjoyed uh, telling you them. And uh, yeah, I I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like uh, we said, we really wanted to set out to do like a whole month of like you know creepy pastas because uh, you know it's, uh, like I said earlier, it's time everybody gets together and uh, you know hangs out and you know enjoys like stories and stuff you know it's a good cozy time so we figured we'd share some stories with you guys and uh yeah back to business as usual come january yep we'll be back to cryptids and creepypastas and uh, urban legends so So i think our next one will be cryptids correct pretty sure yeah okay so we have to remember what number or what letter we're on yeah it's been a while sorry guys between the hiatus and then deciding this month was all like cryptids related 
it's been interesting because my health has been kind of whack. So like trying to remember a lot of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be back with uh, next month with starting back with cryptids. So it'll be fun. Uh, like I said, we hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, and thank you all for who, who, who've listened. We appreciate it. Uh, any, any last minute things before we get out of here? Housekeeping. Yep. Uh, as you, uh, as we've said before, you can find us on Twitter at uh, FBTC Podcast. That's FBTC Podcast on Twitter. And uh, you can follow our individual uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, I'm uh, at Kyle S. Prescott. And I am at CuzCats1989. But you can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash CuzCats89. It's been a minute for streaming too, but I'm, I'm trying to get back active somewhat again yeah. um well, working recently, through some stuff but once kyle moves in i won't have that issue because he's gonna pester me yes. like a producer hey uh, it's time to stream go stream <laughs> uh, here recently teddy streamed final fantasy 14 it was a pretty fun stream yes yes i played through some of the main story quest line um if in the future people would like me to like start fresh and level a character from one i am always willing to do that so we can go through the main storyline together but yeah I, I was just catching up on some quests and i felt like streaming so but yeah um well that uh wraps up our episode our last episode of 2021 we will see you all in 2022 yes <clears throat> stay beautiful yes bye Bye. Bye.